Amen. If you'll turn to your neighbor, I want you to say this. Say, God works all things for the good. You can turn to Romans chapter 8, and uh, we're going to get there in just a second. But uh, I'm going to tell you, I've, I've uh, made some mistakes in my life. Has anybody here made any mistakes, or are you all perfect? Okay, all right, good. I'm glad to know I'm in good company. We've all made some mistakes. We've, we've, we've messed it up. We've, we've made boo-boos. We've known we shouldn't have done something, and we did it. We've known we maybe should have gone somewhere and we, we didn't do that or we should have listened to the leading of the Holy Spirit and we didn't and we've missed it. We've missed it in areas. But I wanted to encourage you this morning with this verse in Romans chapter 8 verse 28 because it says, and we know that all things, all things, all things, that all things work together. We all say that when we say all things work together for good. If you have a Bible that you cannot write in, I want you to give that one away and get one that you can. All right, because you need a Bible that you can write in, that you can highlight, that you can underline, that you can kind of mark up a little bit. When God speaks to you, you can write it down. I like digital ones. Obviously, you can see on my iPad, but I also have notes areas. And y'all should see my notes. I'm like a note freak. I got notes everywhere. I got notes. I got so many notes, I don't even know what to do with all my notes. I've got notes on notes on notes. Because when God speaks to me, I want to write it down. And then I can search it. I can go back and search. And God said this to me or God said that. I encourage you to highlight this, underline it, circle it. All things work together for good. All things work together for good. You know, we have things that happen all the time in our life. Some things are our mistakes, which is why I started there, because that's probably one of the toughest things to preach, is that we, we, we sometimes we don't do things exactly the way we should do. But you know, sometimes you just live in a world where things happen, where things go wrong, where things go awry. This week is going to be a week where everyone's going to tell you things are going awry. It doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on, and I'm not preaching a political message today. That's not my message. As a church and as a pastor, I'm apolitical. I'm not political. I, I, I just, I'm not. I'm Bible. <laughs> I'm God's word. I mean, that's what, that's what I live on. That's what I stand on. That's what I believe on. And so you won't hear me endorse anybody or, or anything like that. I'll endorse the Bible. I'll, I'll endorse God. You know, even the Sadducees and the Pharisees in all of their squabbling and back and forth, they believe this, and the Pharisees believe that, and the Sadducees believe this. You know, they all went to Jesus. They all went to Jesus. They called him rabbi, teacher. Even, even back in the day, all of the issues and things that they couldn't understand and they couldn't work through and they couldn't get the answers on, they went to the teacher. They went to the word. You know, the Bible says that Jesus was the word. John 1, 1, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus, the word of God, dwelt among us. And the people of the day that were the, would be like the political leaders that, that, that you and I may be accustomed to, they went to the teacher. Now, they were trying to use him. They were trying to use him and, and, and take his words and twist him, but he's so smart. And because he's the word, they couldn't even do that. But even they... Went to the Word of God. The Word of God is what our, should be our staple, our standard. It should be the most foundational thing in our life. We should vote on the Bible. Number one, we should vote. We should make sure that we vote. We should exercise our right to vote. And then we should vote on the Bible. But you know, no matter how you vote, there's going to be somebody this week 
some news channel, some friend, some coworker, some family member that's going to tell you something like this. Oh, the world's falling apart. You'll hear it. You'll hear it somehow, some way. Oh, so-and-so got elected or so-and-so didn't get elected or such-and-such got passed or this and this and that happened. And it may not even be in the political scheme of things. Maybe at your job, there's a change that comes down the pipeline. And your boss and your boss's boss and all of them, they say, oh, this is happening, this is happening. And the employees begin to talk and they begin to say, oh, no, oh, no, that means people are going to get fired. And that means this is going to happen and they're going to make cuts. See, when I went to college, it was at the, the um, financial crisis that we had however many years ago. And all across the university, they were doing budget cuts. The state was doing budget cuts. And I was the student body vice president. And so I got to go and meet with the president, meet with the, the vice presidents and sit down at all these budget meetings to figure out what they were going to do because so many millions of dollars were being cut from the budget. And every meeting was doom and gloom. And I wish I would have had, I mean, I was a college kid. I wish I would have had all of the word that I have now because I would have felt differently. But I remember leaving those meetings thinking like, oh man, what are we going to do? Have you ever felt like that? Have you ever asked that question? What are we going to do? What am I going to do? How am I going to make it today? How am I going to make it tomorrow? I want to encourage you this morning. And I want to prep you for whatever happens this week or next week or the week after that, that you're going to make it. That you're going to be just fine. Because God works all things for the good. Say it with me. Say, God works all things for the good. You know, as I was praying Wednesday night, we our Wednesday night worship services, a little bit of worship, a little bit of teaching, and a little bit of prayer. And in our prayer time, I began to just kind of say that out of my spirit. I began to just say, God, I know you're going to work this out. You're going to work this out. It doesn't matter who gets elected. It doesn't matter what happens. You're going to work this out. That our people, your people, I was praying, so I was saying, God, your people will be blessed. Your people will be taken care of. Your people will be prosperous because that's what your word says. That's what his word says. That he wants us. He says, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. You know, that's what God wants for you. That's what God wants for you. You know, the Bible says that you know a tree by its fruit. Did you know that? You know a tree by its fruit. So whatever fruit you see, you know, if you see an apple, oh, well, that must be an orange tree. Oh, it's an apple tree because it has apples on it. You know, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You know, Jesus never once put sickness on anybody. He never once. He dealt with sinners. He dealt with liars. He dealt with all kinds of people that were, what did he do? He preached the word and he showed signs and wonders. He performed miracles and showed them the goodness of God. The Bible says that he went around doing good and healing all of those who were sick and oppressed of the devil. That's what God did. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That's the fruit. So we know that God is good and that he works all things. If you'll put that back up, Romans 8, 28, I didn't even finish the verse. I got so excited. I didn't even read all of it. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. If you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're called according to his purpose. If you love God, you're called according to his purpose. God wants to work all things in your life for good. The key is that we listen to him, that we follow him, that we serve him, that we allow him to work. Sometimes we fight. If we're honest, 
Sometimes we fight against God. We don't really mean to all the time. Sometimes it's accidental, and I think that God has grace, but sometimes we fight against God. We can't do that. We've got to work with God. We've got to follow his commandments. We've got to be in line with his word. If he says, do this, I'm going to do that. If he says, don't do this, I'm not going to do it. I want to be in line with his word, and I want to be in a place where God can speak to me, lead me, and guide me, because if I do, he'll work all things for the good. If I ever point, if I ever point back there, I can see the verse back there. So sometimes I think people wonder, why is he, what's he pointing at? Is he just pointing at the wall? No, I'm pointing at the same verse you're looking at. It's just I can see it there. It looks like I'm pointing at Chuck back there. But no, I'm pointing at this word. We know that God works all things. All things work together. You know there's a working that's happening? God is a working God. He's a work, he's, he's like, he's a workman. He's working. If you look at Ephesians chapter 2, We're in Romans, but if you look at Ephesians chapter 2, this has become a a verse lately that has just been really kind of in my heart. And just, you know, as you read the Word of God, sometimes it just jumps off the page at you. A verse will just kind of jump off, and it'll it'll light up, and it'll mean something to you and resonate with you. That's the Holy Spirit revealing and and, and showing you Scripture and and speaking to you through God's Word. And Ephesians 2.10 says this, we are His workmanship. We all say that, say workmanship. Workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, this is why we can't get caught up in the world's narrative. Because the world's narrative is never going to be the same as God's narrative. And God is working on you. He's working on you. You are his workmanship. Point to yourself and say, I am God's workmanship. That's what you are. That's who, he is working on you. You're not perfect, and you're not going to be perfect. You, you, as a matter of fact, the Bible says, until Jesus be formed in you. When will that happen? When you get to heaven. But until then, do we just give up? No. Do we work? Yes. Why? Because God's working on us. Because he's working all things for the good, and he's working on you. So while he's working on you, see, you can help him work on others. How does that work? Well, because many people get, they think, oh, I've got to be perfect before I can help somebody else. No, absolutely not. I mean, if you look at who Jesus called as his disciples, they were all people who were workmanship. They were being worked on. They were, they had issues. They had problems. They had, they had things. I mean, Peter, man, dude, dude, dude was a mess. He was, but he was the first one that came out of the upper room when the Holy Spirit poured out And in Acts chapter 2, preached a word that saw 3,000 people get saved. 50 days before, he denied Jesus. 50 days before, he he said, I don't even know who the man is. And then, here we are, filled with the Holy Spirit, and he's preaching. Seeing lives changed. Why? How does that work? Because it's it's not us. It's the Holy Spirit working in us. It's the Holy Spirit working through us. Right? We are his workmanship. God is a working God. He's not a God. He's not, he's not done. You know, he's not, I love the, the, the song choices this morning. Brother Andre was channeling my, me- he was obviously channeling the, the spirit this morning. Because the, 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 the songs that we sang this morning so line up with what we're talking about. That, that the victory belongs to, who? To, to, to God. God is working on you. He says that you're victorious. He says that you're an overcomer. There's a belief that you have to have as you're going into a week like this one where the world's going to fall apart, according to many people. The world's not falling apart. You know, God said in Genesis, he says that as long as the earth remains, there will be seed, 
There will be time and there will be harvest. There's nothing happening this week that you can't, that you can't overcome, that you can't get past, that God can't work through. He works all things for the good. I want you to say it with me so that it gets down in you. Say, God works all things for the good. He works everything for good. He works the bad for good. He works your mistakes for good. He works other people's mistakes for good. He works all things. All things means all. It means all. All means all. All doesn't mean sort of. All doesn't mean that he can't do this, but he can do that. All doesn't mean he likes Pastor JT more than he likes you. He said he's no respecter of persons. He loves me the same he loves you, the same he loves her, the same he loves him. He loves us all. He wants us all to be blessed. He wants us all to increase. He wants us all to do well. Will we face stuff? You bet. Will we have challenges? You bet. Will there be tough weeks? You bet. And I'm using this week as a point to make, you know, because I know the narrative that's going to come forth this week, but this happens all the time. This happens, I would say, probably for most of us weekly that some family member, that somebody calls. See, you've got to have the word of God grounded in you, based in you. It doesn't matter what doctor tells me. It doesn't matter. I know God works all things for the good. I know God will work this out. I know that, man, I just got some bad news. And I might have a moment of, of, of pause. There's nothing wrong with that. We're human. A moment where we say, okay, God, that was terrible news. This is, this is a bad start to my day or a bad end to my day or whatever it is. But we can't live there. We can't stay there. We've got to move from that point into God works all things for the good. Okay, here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want every one of you to do this today. I want you to get a scripture, get a, a, and I'm I'm always trying to give a lot of scripture in my sermons, get a scripture, and I want you just to quote it as much as you can this week. I want you to practice quoting scripture. Get a good, a good faith filled, I mean, all all of the scripture is faith filled, but I'm talking about one like this one. Maybe you want to just pick this one, God works all things for the good, and quote it. Here's some more. Philippians chapter 3 verse 20 says this, for our citizenship is in heaven. How many of y'all know you aren't a citizen? I mean, you are a United States citizen if, if, if you're in this country, but your citizenship, your ultimate citizenship is in heaven. You are a citizen of heaven. You are a child of God. That's who you are. That's what you are. I love that song that we sing. It says that, you know, that our God is good, that, our, our, that we have a good, good father. That's who he is. He's a good, good father. But it also says, That's who you are. You are a child of God. You are a child of God. That's who you are. You are a citizen of heaven from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. You are a citizen. Now listen, if you go on to verse 21, it says, Who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working. There we see it again. God's working. God's working. God working by which he is able able even to subdue all things to himself. Go back, back to verse 20 and leave that on the screen for just a second. This week, it doesn't matter what happens, I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm a citizen of heaven. That means that my, my the, 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 the um, um, articles, if you will, or the uh, rules or the, the, the lifelines that apply to my life supersede the, the country that I live in. Now, I love my country, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love Living, I'm so glad that I'm a United States citizen. I'm so glad that I got the right to vote. I'm so glad that I can freely worship today. 
we see people that are connected to our ministry all over the world that cannot uh, um, um, worship freely, that are hiding in rooms and hiding in places and worshiping wherever they can because they love God. I thank God that we can worship the way we can. I'm glad to live. But see, it doesn't matter what my country does. I live. I'm a citizen of heaven. My foundation, my faith is not in the systems of America. I live in them and I'm subjected to them, but God works all things for the good. That means that even if a system is put in place that doesn't, doesn't bless me, if, if my faith is only in that system, then I'm going to reap the results of only that system. But if my faith is in the one who's above that system, then my life will be subjected not just to the system I live in, but to the one that's above the system. What does his word say? What does his, what can I, what can I expect to see? I can expect his word to come to fruition. Remember what I said earlier? God is not a man that he should lie. He's not a man that he should lie. He always tells the truth. It does not matter. It does not matter what happens tomorrow. Stuff is going to happen. At some point, you're going to face calamity. You know, I've just come to a point where I, I'm not shocked. I'm not surprised. I'm not even like, like, it doesn't even really throw me off more than just a moment. I think we all have moments. But after that moment, I'm back to the word. But after that moment, I'm back to quoting scripture. That's why I'm, I'm encouraging you to practice that this week. Get a scripture. What it, one, two, three, four, get some scripture and quote that scripture. Why? Because when you speak the word, when you speak the word, you know, the Bible says there's life and death in the power of your tongue. Life and death. In your mouth, you have the ability to speak life or speak death. If I speak God's word, I'm always speaking life. I'm always speaking life. God's word promotes and produces life. If I speak his word, it always produces life. I mentioned to you, you know, in school, uh, uh, in college, uh, I made a lot of mistakes. Anybody? Well, don't raise your hand, but I'll just tell you, I'll be the example. I made a lot of mistakes. I mentioned it a few weeks ago um, that I, that I signed up for a, uh, yeah, it was like a, and I'm not against timeshares, but it was a, like they were, they were taking advantage of college students. And they came in and they did this big presentation and they made it sound so good. And there's a couple of us, all friends, and we were in there with a bunch of other students that we didn't know. And they're all, they're all saying, yeah, this is going to be awesome. And I had one friend that go, uh, this is a bad idea. But I didn't listen to him. I listened to the other guys saying, yeah. And they're signing up and I'm like, sure, because it didn't cost you anything then. It was all this you know, great stuff that they were going to give you. You know how much, how many thousands of dollars that cost me? Thousands of dollars. Well, I, um, I preached that, or I mentioned that a few weeks ago. My wife, of course, she listens to my sermons after children's ministry. And so she said, oh, uh, you didn't tell me about the timeshare. And I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> that was a long time ago, baby. That was back in, I know what you didn't tell me. I said, okay, I'm sorry. Well, I was a little embarrassed. You ever done things you're embarrassed of? Done things that you're not proud of. I wasn't trying to not keep it from her. I feel like I, you know, I tell her everything that I can tell her. I was just one of those things that I wasn't particularly fond of reminiscing on that story. But you know, God worked it out. God worked it all out. Worked it all out. It actually, they, they had put a, uh, 
uh, what's it called? Uh, not a lien, but a, a credit. They had like, uh, I, was, I wasn't paying the stuff, and so they put it into credit reporting. What is, huh? Collections, thank you, that's the word. They put it into collections, so I had collections, people calling me and all this stuff. You know, I didn't know, it was the first time that had happened to me. I had just graduated from college, I'm now working at the church, I'm serving God, and uh, I'm, I'm, I know that I'd made the mistake in college, but I'm, I'm, I've got big dreams, big visions. I'm living at my grandma's house, working at the church, living at my grandma's house with my grandma's dog that I'm pretty sure was possessed by a demon. I'm just, I'm pretty sure, I don't know what was wrong with the dog, but he, he, I, and I say that because, uh, well, he was just, I'm not going to tell you all the stories, but he was just, he was a rambunctious little Little bundle of joy. And so I, I, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm living in this situation and I've got big dreams. I want to buy a house. I don't want to just pay rent. I really wanted to buy a house. I really had it in my heart. I want to buy a house. I want to buy, I don't want to just go from this to, you know, another little like, you know, place. I want to buy a house. Lord, will you help me buy a house? That was my desire. But I've got collections agency. I've got poor credit because of other dumb stuff. I've got, I don't know how many student loans. I've got all this stuff. But I began to really, really, really pray about it and really trust the Lord. And I was, of course, like I said, I was working for Family Worship Center over in Florence at the time. I'm fresh out of college and I'm hearing pastor preach a message just like this. And so I'm getting, faith is building in me. You know, faith comes by hearing the word of God. So I'm hearing the word of God every week. I'm hearing it on Wednesdays. I'm hearing it on Sundays. I'm not just coming to church once or every once in a while. I'm hearing the word and faith is being built in me. And I got serious about it. And I said, God, you'll, you can fix this. Well, you know, they called me, the collections agency called me. They said, we noticed you've been paying payments. And I can't remember all the details. It was a long time ago, but you know, they helped me reduce all that amount. I, w- I went to, to two different, three different um, uh, uh, loan officers to try to get a loan. The first two laughed at me because I was young and, 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 you know, I guess it felt like I had enough income and all that stuff. But one of them finally said, you know what would really help you? If you got that state lien off of your record. And I said, state lien? I mean, I've made a lot of mistakes, but I never had a state lien. What are you talking about state lien? He said, yeah, look right here. And he showed me my report. Well, I didn't even know to pull reports and look at reports. This is how... how unknowledgeable I was at the time. And he said, look at your report right here. You've got this state lien. Well, I began digging into it, calling the state, calling all this. And it was another Jonathan Clark in the state that somehow ended up on my, my record, my, uh, um, uh, whatever, my tax report with a state lien. Well, of course, filling out some paperwork and verifying that it wasn't me and that I never had whatever transaction it was, that none of that was me boosted my credit score by like a hundred points. Like, like within a month, all these little things. Why was that happening? Because God works all things for the good. I made the mistakes well, beside the, stu- the, the, the lean. That wasn't me, but I made the mistakes. I'd, you know, God never once signed up for a credit card. He never once signed that student loan paper. I did. I did. But you know, God worked it out. Why? Because I had, I humbled myself and said, God, I need your help. God, I need your help. God, I need your, God, you put, you know, he says that God's word says this, that he'll give you the desires of your heart. He'll give you the desires of your heart. I think that's twofold. I think that not only will he help you get the desires of your heart, but he'll actually put the desire in you. That, that as you serve God, and as you begin to have a relationship with God, and as you begin to pray, as you begin to read his word, your desires will change. 
Just to tell you a little more of a personal story, when, when I went to work at, at a family worship center right out of college, I had zero, zero desire to be a pastor. That was not on my agenda at all. I loved media. I loved technology. And so that's what I signed up to do. I was going to be the media director at Family Worship Center Florence. But he began to work on me. God began to work on me. We're his workmanship. And he began to work on me. He began to work in me. He began to deal with me. He began to work inside of me. He began to show me what it mean, what, what I was called to do. And then the desire to, to do more ministry came and Pastor Steve gave me opportunities to do more ministry. And after, as those happened, I began to really sense God calling me to pastor. And then here we are. God gives you the desires of your heart, but he, he planted that desire in me. There's desires that you all have. Desires that you have that are God desires. There's, there are desires that you have that God wants to see come to pass. He wants to give you the desires of your heart. He wants to see your life. You know, I have never once wanted my children. I know I'm a young father, but I've never once wanted them to not succeed. Kaylee yesterday. Y'all, I lit up. I jumped. I had to jump about 10 foot high. She scored her first goal. I was like, man. Yeah. First of all, I was excited because that means that I can actually coach. Because if I can coach my daughter, I'm like, okay, praise God. She finally, because usually she's out there and she's involved with everybody else. She's not really playing the game. with. The, she's on the sideline. She's helping them. She, she probably could coach better than I could coach. That's just Kaylee. That's how she is. But every once in a while, she'll play the game. Well, t- yesterday, man, she was on it. It finally clicked, I think, and she's playing. She's getting the ball. She's going, and she got the ball off the sideline. It had gone out of bounds. She comes in, comes around, and it was like God parted the Red Sea, and all the other players moved. All the blue jerseys moved, and that little red jersey came around. Boom, and she kicked it right in, and I lit up. I lit up. Why? Because that's my little girl. I want her to succeed. I want her to do well. I want her to win. God wants you to do well. God wants you to succeed. So don't let anybody tell you, not only this week, but anytime, that you're not going to do well, that you're not going to succeed, that you're not going to be blessed. Oh, you'll never get that promotion. You just quietly and politely tell them to hush your mouth. Seriously. I mean, don't be mean. I would never tell anybody to do that. But I mean, just say, all right, thank you. That's a, I, you know what? I got to go to the other office over here. I'll talk to you later. I don't need to listen to that. Why? Because that doesn't line up with God's word. It doesn't matter where the promotion comes from. The Bible says that the, that promotion comes from the Lord. It doesn't matter. I didn't matter. Look, look, God can move a whole business to your city to give you a new job. I've watched it happen. There was a guy that worked in Florence and he lost his job. The whole business shut down and he was very specialty. Specialty job, special. I can't remember exactly. It was, it was. Uh, uh, he was very handy, and he built. It was like almost like an engineer. I can't remember what his title was, but you know there was a company in some four or five states away that found out that his company shut down and that he was still living in Florence, and he had kind of put his foot down and said, "I shouldn't have to move." That company opened up an office in Florence, South Carolina, just for him. I've seen it happen, so don't tell me that God can't do it. God works all things for the good. Brother Andre, you can come up. I'm closing. He works all things for the good. He works all things for the good. Will y'all say it with me? Say, God works all things for the good. My hope is not in the government. 
My hope is not in its systems. My hope is not in its processes. My hope is not in, in the, the job that, that we have. My hope is not in, my hope is in God. My hope is in my heavenly father who provides everything that I need, everything that I could want or desire, who knows, he knows the hair on your head. He knows everything that's happening in your life. He's not surprised by who's gonna win on Tuesday. I doubt that it's even that we're gonna even have results on Tuesday. They're probably gonna drag this one out for a while. He's not surprised. He's not gonna be surprised one bit. But you know, he gave us free will. So as a country, he gave, I mean, as a country, we have free will to decide. You know, some people, they put it all on God. Oh, well, God elected so-and-so, whatever. No, we did. We did. Do you know that, that they say that less than 20% of the government is Christian? They say that 70% of America is Christian, but if you actually begin to, to ask questions like, well, do you believe that Jesus is Lord and Savior? Do you, you know, if you actually begin to ask what is the definition of Christianity, it's probably more like 30%. Right? So as a nation, we've elected whoever gets elected this week. God works all things for the good. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the results of doctor's tests. It doesn't matter the results of other. Th- God works all things for the good. God works all th- God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. We all say that with me. Say God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. You can stand up on your feet. There are two types of people. That are, There's three types of people that attend a church. There's one that knows Jesus, has a relationship with him. And then there's two that fit in either of these categories. They know Jesus, but don't have a relationship with him. They did it one time or they once were serving God, but they don't have a working relationship with Jesus today. They've fallen away. They need to make things right with God. They need to recommit their life to God. And then there's people who have never had a relationship with Jesus. They've never known God in that way, and they need that relationship with Jesus. If you're either one of those two types of people, I want to pray with you today. If you'll bow your head, every every eye closed, every head bowed, I want to give you an opportunity to make Jesus your Lord and Savior. If you're in this room and you're one of those two types of people, Will you just shoot your hand up? I don't want to embarrass you. I just want to know that that's you, just so I can pray with you, so that I can help you, so that I can be a part of that journey with you. Just raise your hand and let me know. If you're watching online and you're watching us via live stream today, or maybe listening to this podcast, write us and let us know that was me, Pastor. I changed, God changed my life that day. I heard your message and I want that good God in my life. I want to serve that Jesus. Write me and let me know. I want everybody to say this prayer with me. If you'll just, you can lift up your head and your eyes, but if you'll direct your heart to heaven, I want you to say this prayer with me. If everybody will repeat after me, say, Dear Heavenly Father. Come on, say it with me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, today I thank you for Jesus. I believe that your son Jesus came to this earth as a baby died on a cross for my sins, was buried in a grave, but rose on the third day. I believe that he's alive today, that he's seated in heaven with you, making intercession for me. I confess Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. I make him the number one in my life.
Today is a new day. Today, I commit my life to Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Will you guys give God some praise for all those that have 